we are and always will be a nation of immigrants. This is my country, my damn country. Give me my country, you can keep the rest. Old men and women yearning for freedom and opportunity who leave their homelands and come to a new country to start their lives over. We were strangers once too. My country, my damn country. Give me my country. Hello, 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 aliens and allies. Your friendly Russian is here. This is We the Aliens podcast, and I'm your host, Sasha Kapustina. Today on the podcast, I talk to Kinga Phillips, a writer, producer, TV host who you've seen on Discovery Channel and Travel Channel and National Geographic and all kinds of travel and adventure shows. If you missed the first part of my interview with Kinga and the Shark Week bonus episode, find them in your podcast feed and check them out. And in this episode, we talk about social media and how being weird is the way to go. I hope you enjoy it. You're such a great presence. I love seeing your Aww. posts on Instagram. You travel, you dive, you, the way you show uh, the ocean, always the best part of my feed. I love it. <laughs> well, that makes me really happy. Well, so let me ask you as I close the door out here. What is it about my feed or about my message that stands out to you? Well, to be honest with you, I just love the beautiful images that you put. And I love when you talk about being in the nature and connecting with it. And that, I think I'm missing it a lot living in Los Angeles. <laughs> I keep wanting to get out. Well, the good thing about living in Los Angeles is we have so much of that around us. Obviously, right now with COVID, you know, it's it's a little yeah. tougher because we're all out there trying to be responsible and we're trying to be as as homebound as possibly we can be to be responsible human beings. But at the same time, we have so much available to us in yeah. Los Angeles. You know, that's I, I think the magic of living in the second largest city in the United States and having national parks and state parks and mountains and rivers and islands and oceans and deserts and everything around us. Like we are unbelievably lucky to have all of that. Definitely. Definitely. I've been uh, I've been stuck at home working, but I keep dreaming about like getting out somewhere, anywhere, anywhere. But but even from your place, from that rooftop deck, you can see the mountains that surround Los Angeles. And we're so oh, yeah. happy that we have that. Yeah. And it's very green. It's very oh, green. Okay. So let's back it up a little bit and talk about what are you, how do you, what do you see yourself as in the professional field? Well, my background and my degrees are in journalism and I studied anthropology as well and have, have kind of run the gauntlet in the TV space of that. And getting getting into that space was was tough because you come to the entertainment industry and you are already one out of a million people who wants to do what you're doing. Do you feel that social media is helping you overcome this? Man, I like I think most people have a real love hate with social media. Mm-hmm. I think social media used well is a wonderful tool. It is, there have been several jobs that have come my way because of social media, because if you use social media correctly, you can really develop a brand on that and people can see exactly what you're about. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the pitfalls of that is that anyone can create a brand. I often laugh that someone can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in their living room, post it on Instagram and be like, I'm a chef now. Uh, yeah. So I think there is a lot of 
sorting through social media where I think it's now the pendulum is starting to balance again because when social media, especially Instagram first became as popular as it did, we had the whole influencer movement and anyone who follows me on social media knows that I, I get really fired up about influencers who have no substance, but right. It, it, oh my God. It's such a, I, 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 I have such an, an aversion to this. Yes. I think most intelligent people do, but when this first started hitting the platform in like, say what, 2014, 15, 16, I think we're kind of like 17, we're kind of like the highlight influencer years. It became a really strange world, even my part of it, because I would lose jobs to people who were on social media. And I remember walking into a meeting at a very high level production company and pitching them a show idea and them saying, oh yeah, we're developing the show right now with this woman. She's like a real life Laura Croft. And I went, oh my God, that's great. I'm so excited to hear a woman's doing a show like that. Who is it? I know everyone in this business, like who is it? And they went, oh, um, and I'm actually going to name the account because I don't care. Her name was Moonstruck Traveler on, on Instagram. The account's down since then because I think it was a fake account. And I looked, I took my phone out in this meeting and I looked up the account and I literally sat in front of these people and said to them, you are effing kidding me right now. Like you guys realize this is a girl in a bikini who goes around the world and has a professional photographer and photoshops all her pictures, right? And the number of people that follow her, half of this is probably fake. That show, of course, never took off. But there was a period of time where that was wow, oh my gosh, this person has like 2 million followers. Oh, she must be this like amazing adventure. And I was like, no, she's just a girl in a thong bikini who photoshops everything. But now I think it's starting to balance out and people really are looking more to substance and value. And what do you offer? You know, is it just a pretty picture or are you actually inspiring people? Are you telling a great story? Are you creating content? Are you shooting something? Are you actually doing something with yourself? So I think that pendulum has started to swing back and balance out a little bit in that space. And that to me is why I think having a voice and a lens and a brand is so incredibly important. And I was always the nature kid. I grew up with a geologist dad and a mom who's a botanist and a pharmacist and nature and travel and exploration and culture was was always something that I was exposed to. So I knew that professionally, as a journalist, as someone who studies culture, as someone who studies history, as someone who spends time and studies outdoors in the wilderness, I wanted to be in, in that space. But you know, when I first came to the business 20 years ago, social media didn't exist. So mm-hmm. when you were creating a brand, you had to do that with what was available at the time. You had to create your own content. You had to become a writer. You basically had to become an expert in a space. You actually had to do the work and you had to have the substance and you had to have the content and you had to have the know-how. And remember the best bit of advice that I was given when I first started out by the first agent that I ever had, and he was ahead of the curve because when I came, everyone was a host. And everyone was like, oh, anything. What do you need? You need a car show? You need a red carpet show? You need you know, a food show? Oh, I'm your, I'm your person. But he saw in advance that the industry was changing and that you would actually need to brand yourself and become an expert in your field. And I think he didn't even know how ahead of the curve he was because very soon after that, it very much became 
if you were going to do a show about a survival expert, you were going to get someone like Bear Grylls, who has a military background, who has a survival background, instead of someone who's like, you want me to host a survival show? Sure, no problem. You know, I have no experience in the field. So you actually had to be what you were claiming to be. And then from that place, suddenly we, we developed social media. And there was, there was this weird time in, in my industry where no one really understood what social media was yet and what people were projecting outwards as opposed to what they actually were. So there was a very frustrating time for people like me who had been around for like 15 years and were experienced and had this like body of work. And that, that to me became this interesting space to observe for a while. And now it's swinging back because people re are realizing to, frankly, social media is bullshit and you still actually need substance and you still actually need to have content and creativity and a voice and a lens and be able to carry a show or write articles or have some kind of know-how about something rather than just being like, I'm an adventure. Look at me in my bikini by a waterfall. So... The interesting thing about that is I have so many people that reach out on, on social media or, or on email, whatever, and ask, how do you get into this space? How I want to do, I want to host shows. I want to work with National Geographic or Travel Channel or whoever, and I want to host shows. And the advice that I give them is always the same. I'm like, look, you need to dig deep inside yourself and figure out what it is that you are actually passionate about and what you truly genuinely love. I mean, what is it? Is it, is it coffee? Is it glass eyeballs? Is it shark? And build your brand around that because that is always going to be more appealing, more interesting when you are truly passionate about something because the dime a dozen blanket, I'm a TV host, I'm an adventurer, I'm a this or that. Honestly, as a producer, I'm telling you right now, I don't give a shit. Like, oh, wow, you're an adventurer. Cool. You and 5 million <laughs> other people. What have you done? Like, did you shoot a documentary in Iceland about their culture of being interested in elves? Now that's interesting. But if someone's like, I went to Iceland and took pretty pictures in front of waterfalls, I'm like, that's boring. Mm -hmm. so I always say to people, I'm like, look, whatever you think makes you weird, which weird is a word that I love. And it's, it has almost like a negative connotation, like, oh, that person's weird. To me, I'm like that person's weird. I want to. I made a friend. documentary about clowns, so I'm really? all for weird. Yeah. Yes. See, <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. So I tell people, I'm like, I, look, I don't care if you let your weird freak flag fly. Like, do you like animal scat and taking apart animal poop to see what they ate? That's freaking interesting. Like I want to hear a podcast or I want to see an Instagram account of someone who, as a matter of fact, I might start that because I actually do like looking at animal scat. Someone <laughs> who looks at animal poop. That's interesting. I know people who will follow you. Duh. When you start that, I will, you know, I'll definitely tag them. I know people. It's great. And you know, like we, we, social media is a part of our lives now when you get followed every day. And, and I always look like I look at people's accounts and there are so many beautiful photographers. There are so many people who are like, Oh, I love camping. I honestly, I don't follow those people back anymore because I'm like, you're a dime a dozen at this point. But the other day a girl followed me and she was an expert on like, um, shrews and the mating habits and something interesting about shrews. And I was like, I am following you back right away because that is so interesting and it's different and it's unique and it's fun. And that, yeah. 
That's the message in, a, in the entertainment industry to me. And that's whether you want to be a TV host, whether you want to be a, a writer, whether you want to be a director, a producer, what is your unique lens? What is your, your slant towards the weird that you think would, even if it, it's a small demographic of people who have ever even heard of what it is that you're passionate about, I guarantee that your passion will make more people interested in it than if you were just another person standing by waterfalls. hundred percent. And oh my God, thank you for saying all of that. Because <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm trying to launch this podcast and I'm trying to build uh, a message and a community around it. And there's so much noise and there's so much just blah 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 and just trying to build hype for yourself and mm -hmm. I don't know maybe it's the Russian upbringing like it's considered rude it's considered uh impolite in Russia to be tooting your own horn like that and I feel always that I've I kind of don't even want to get into the conversation or into the space where you need to be doing that. So the way I w go about it is I find people who I want to talk to. That's why I'm doing the interview show because I want other people to shine <laughs> and I want the focus to be on them so that I don't have to worry about <laughs> myself. Uh, so but that's a great, that's actually a great message. And there's a balance in that, right? Because especially in Los Angeles where most people, not most, but a lot of people are in the entertainment industry and they're actors or they're, they're hosts or they're writers or they're this or they're that. You are your own brand. So yeah. you, you do, as a business owner, your business being you, your podcast, your, your project, your creative, you are responsible for the marketing of that. It's just that I think that line has been breached in the direction of the whole, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. And, and to me, like I'm with you, I understand that so well. Like I, I don't want to go and scream from the rooftops. Like, look, I'm so fabulous. I'm this, I'm that. But you also do have to, in this business, people are always asking, okay, well, what's your resume? What's your reel? What's this? What's that? What have you done? When you have conversations with people, you have to market yourself. But I do believe that there's a way to do that, that, still sounds like you have some integrity rather than just, you know, the, the look at me, look at me, I'm the best thing in the world. But that also goes back to having a unique perspective and having substance. People will seek you out. Cream floats to the top. You know, there might be a million podcasts. There might be a million, you know, TV shows about nature. But if you have something unique and quality, it's going to be found. Like it is going to be discovered. People are going to seek that out. That's that's what I have to believe in. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what you have to stick to. Um so how was how was it for you? How you you were growing up as an as a nature kid mm -hmm. and you broke into into the TV industry and you were established host and then you had to kind of reinvent yourself in the social media space. How do you decide what you put out there to to support your brand? You know, for me, it's always been about what's in here, what feels good to you. I love nature. I love the ocean space. I love the adventuring space. I love the female empowerment space, like women traveling solo. So to me, if you look at my social media, I feel like that's the message that you find there about the natural world, about environmentalism. 
it's the things that catch my eye that that I really love and things that I want to talk to people about or things that fascinate me. I was in Big Basin and there was a banana slug and I got so fascinated by the banana slug and researched them. And then I want to share that information because it's super interesting to me about this little tiny creature that exists in this in this space. So I feel if you put out Again, it goes back to that that weird, passionate, specific lens that you're looking through. If you put out into the world something that you're passionate about and you're speaking with an authentic voice, I think people naturally gravitate towards that. And and it also, you know, benefits you from the sense that they say if if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So if you can build your career around something that is fascinating to you, like you creating a podcast and and talking to people who interest you about topics that interest you, that starts to feel like like fun. And you can build a brand and a career on that. And people gravitate towards that sense of fun and that sense of passion. So, and you're always reinventing yourself. Like I said, when I came here 20 years ago, there was no social media. You just had to be really damn good at your job and go in for auditions in person, which doesn't really happen anymore, and talk about yourself and and have it still an interesting voice. Like we always talk about having a voice and your unique way of seeing something, experiencing something and, and sharing that with people. So that, that was how I came in. And then I was asked to build this brand and I sat with it and I thought about like the adventure travel space. And I had done red carpet shows and car shows and food shows and all kinds of shows and they were cool, but ultimately I wanted the adventure travel space and that was dominated by men. So I had to work for a good bit to kind of like, and, and get my way into that. And then the whole social media thing erupted. And I was like, wow, okay, this is a new playing field that I have to compete in now. And it was almost a little insulting at first because I'm like, I've been doing this for 20 years. And suddenly the chick with a photo by a bikini in a bikini by a waterfall is I'm competing with her for a job. I'm like, this isn't the same. This is, this is like, it, it'd be like taking someone who has been a doctor for 20 years and then uh, someone who just graduated medical school but isn't quite sure, actually didn't even go to medical school, watched like a, a commercial about medicine and then being like, hmm, who do we hire at the hospital? And you're like, what? What are you talking about? I've been doing this for 20 years. I have a degree. Like I have all this resume, but you, I, I have to compete with the person who took a photo in a bikini by a waterfall? Like What? Yeah, and that's I totally I totally can see how this is unfair, frustrating and plain wrong that that is even there yet in that space of social media that bleeds into into the industry mm-hmm. suddenly you're on the same playing you're you're playing you're you're playing against each other and another thing that like there's a couple more things about like social media space since we're we're in it that i struggle with is um a lot of women specifically use the looks use the bikini photos and i'm really uncomfortable with that and i will i just won't do it <laughs> I'm okay with, you know, taking a nice photo, you know, somewhere at an event or when it's, when it means something, when it has some kind of relation to what I'm doing, but just taking a photo of yourself, like smiling, just, I don't, what? I I agree. And I don't understand that space either. Part of my concern with that is that I don't want, well, first of all, of course, I don't want to represent myself that way, but also... I don't want to perpetuate that um, way of seeing a woman 
we we're all trying to uh we're all you know feminists and we're trying to fight for equal rights and then we're objectifying ourselves then and that's such an interesting conversation because i think people on the other side of that will say well it's my sexuality it's my right like it makes me feel good but i always i question that and i also think leading with your sexuality and leading with your looks is is tough you know because there is still a stigma around that and I still get frustrated when... And by the way, for people who are listening, Kinga is gorgeous, just so <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> as are you. As are you. But that but that makes it... I Look, I think all women are gorgeous. Absolutely. But I think when you lead with your looks, it's basically putting value on the looks over something else. And there's nothing more badass to me than a woman who is stunningly gorgeous and could take all the bikini photos by waterfalls that she wanted to and, you know, crash the internet, as they say. But she chooses not to because she rather lead with something else. And that to me is so gorgeous, so attractive, so amazing. And it's it's almost like it undermines everything else when you're like, okay, um, I, I want to educate you about banana slugs, or I want to like talk to you about the origins of coffee or clowns, but here's a photo of my butt and a thong on a beach. Like immediately the, the brain of anyone who sees that goes, it, it is, is the intelligence there? Because it, it's hard. There, obviously, sexuality and intelligence are not mutually exclusive, but I do think that that what you present forward as the leading edge, if it's your butt in a thong, that's how you're going to... It's first impressions, right? That's what people are going to see, and that's what they're going to value you as. Well, the frustrating part is that a lot of followers will follow the butt in the thong. Right. And you have to be, look, you, you have to be, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about the whole followers thing. When the whole social media thing first started and it became a big thing and everyone was like, everyone's an expert. Wow. That girl standing by a waterfall in a bikini is an expert on travel. The agent I had at the time who I've fired since was like, you need to buy followers. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to like develop this following. And I, and again, I always talk about the gut and what's in your heart. And I was like, no, I, I won't do that. Like that seems so fake and ugly to me. And I'm going to rely on the fact that I'm actually good at my job and, and see what happens there. And now it's so funny because I look at these accounts and I'm like, I have 7,000 followers, but I have so much engagement and they're all real. And it, it feels good to talk to real people. Whereas I can't tell you how many times I even get like asked to do like a live Instagram or something like this. And they've got like 200,000 followers. And then I look and I'm like, three comments. They have like <laughs> 200 likes. And I'm like, you bought that. Like it, it's so transparent now and it's so embarrassing. And it just lends itself <laughs> to you haven't, you haven't built that following organically. So it's just kind of meh to me. You know, at, at the end of the day, being authentic, being real, being being organic is to me so much more attractive, valuable, appealing as a person, as a producer, as anyone than trying to, to fake your way into something. I love that. More of that. Yeah. Being real, right? <laughs> yeah. Another question that comes up, social media, and that's something that I am expecting to get hit with eventually uh, and trying to get prepared for, is the negativity. And I don't know if you deal with that. Um, yeah, there you go. 
I actually saw your face. So what what kind of stuff do you get? I mean, how can how can anybody be against what you're doing? Oh, oh Jesus. But, they are, but they are. And I'll tell you why, because and I've done a lot of I've done a lot of thinking about this kind of stuff, because there are days where I'm like, I want to get off social media. I can't stand people anymore. I just want to go live in the woods. And it and you to me, it's like this. You know how when people are driving in their car and they develop road rage and they're yelling yep. at everyone, they're like, you asshole, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Get out of my way. You would never do that. You, I mean, some people maybe would, but the average person would never walk up to a person to their face and be like, you idiot. Why are you walking on the sidewalk like this? People feel like they're in their car. No one can see them. No one knows who they are. They can say and do whatever they want, like beep that horn. And social media is really similar where people hide behind the relative anonymity of social media. And some of these people don't have profile pictures. Usually the people who are really cruel, really crappy, say really dumb things, either have private accounts or they have... Um, or they just don't have a profile picture, there's no photos, nothing, so you don't have any information about them. And to me, what I've said in the entertainment industry since I have uh, been here and the advice I've given to people who have come behind me is there are two types of people who will find you online, who will email you, comment on your stuff, whatever. Uh, and I'll try to say this in a, in a non, I don't know how you feel about cursing on your podcast. That's all good. <laughs> okay. So there's either there's either the people who want to kill you or the people who want to fuck you. That's it. There's either yeah. people who really, 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 really love you and want to wear your skin, or there's the people who are like, I hate you so much because for whatever reason you trigger something in me. You know, it, it, and it's those two. The average person does not watch a TV show or listen to a podcast and go, I need to tell this person what I think. You go, oh, that's cool or that's interesting or. Or occasionally you will get an email from someone, especially about like one of our shows, because we advocate for people to communicate with us and, and give us insight. So you will get some intelligent people. But mostly it's like that kind of abhorrent. I mean, the things I've gotten are everything from attacks on the way you look, which to uh, now it's like water off a duck's back because, and it's usually women. It's really sad. It's almost never men. I, as a matter of fact, I cannot think of one time when a man has come after me on, but it's always women. I hate your teeth. You have fake everything. I, I don't. Um, you, uh, this is awful. Like you shouldn't talk. And you're, I mean, it's stuff that is so personal. Oh that my God. So just, it, but it's, it's intended to be mean. It's intended to be like hurtful or throwing rocks or sticks. And then, you know, you have the people that have complaints with absolutely everything or the people that have an opinion about absolutely everything. And I also, I like opinions. I like people with different points of view and perspectives. That's how we learn. But there is a way to bring that to someone that is interesting and intelligent and you can meet in the middle and have a dialogue about it rather than being yes. like, hate what you're doing, you know? That's what's supposed to be. Yeah, we're supposed to be having a conversation. Mm -hmm. But I guess, yeah, people, don't, wow. And, it's a, and you, you can't win. And that's, I think, what you need to realize moving forward with your podcast or whatever, that you, you cannot be, if someone gives you an insight or gives you like a something that feels right to you. Like if someone says, oh, wow, you know, I really like your podcast. Maybe you could do a little more of this or I like this, but I thought this. Okay. That's constructive criticism, right? Of course. Yeah. That's right. But if someone comes at you and you can feel the difference and is like, that's the dumbest, blah, blah, blah. Ignore delete block. That's honestly all you can ever do because it's, if you, if you let yourself even acknowledge that person's opinion as valid, 
it, it just undermines you. And for what? Because someone was having a bad day. I've written back to some of those people and they have gone, oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you'd see that comment. I was just having a bad day. And I'm like, what about me? So you lashed out at the, at the beautiful yeah. pictures of ocean? Yeah. And, and you do, like you get, uh, every, people have an opinion about everything. And again, it's how you come at it. There was a, a photo that I posted the other day of, so we spearfish, we source our own yep. fish. We love mm -hmm. to do that. And we go out and part of what I love about spearfishing is that as an environmental advocate, I, I think it is so wonderful to be able to have a connection to your food. And we go diving we see the environment, We've, we're experienced in the ocean, we know if it's a healthy reef, we can see the fish populations, we know if a certain population is healthy, there are a lot of things that you can look at, a lot of factors to consider. A lot of reefs will be like, let's not hunt here, you can tell that you know it's overfished. Let's go here, we'll go after pelagic species rather than reef species, you just know. So we got this amazing yellowtail. We, we will be eating that for weeks, we don't buy fish. And I post a photo of it, and us filleting the fish. And I talk about how amazing spearfishing is and there's no bycatch. There's no this, there's no that, you know, there's, you're sourcing it responsibly. And this woman writes in and she's a vegan. Okay. That's great. Like I, I, my two best friends are vegans. It's terrific. I'm not a vegan, but you're a vegan. Great. Good for you. And she's like, this is just, this makes me so sad. It's a loss of a life. And I was like, it's like, first of all, why, you know, what, why make that comment? You're choosing to live your life a certain way. I look at her account, it's private. I also see that she's a mom. My internal response was, oh, you hate that I'm not vegan, but you're adding to the population of 7.8 billion people. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess we have differing opinions because I don't like kids. <laughs> you don't like my fish. I don't like kids. But instead I wrote back and I was like, how about instead of looking at this negatively, you consider that it's a nice thing that people are responsible enough to source their food, to really yeah. consider the environment when they're sourcing food. And I think she wrote back something like, um, well, I guess it's better than trophy hunting. And then unfollowed me. And I was like, please just go then. Like, I'm sure you can find someone else to follow that you find more acceptable in life or, or whatnot. But it's that kind of stuff where you're like, you can't. Wow win. There's always going to be someone who is mad at you. You know, if you go to support pandas, there's going to be someone who tells you why pandas are awful and should be eliminated. If you talk about, you know, your clown movie, someone is going to write in and say, I hate clowns. I was traumatized oh, yeah. by a clown. Why would you ever put this out there for people who have been traumatized by clowns to see, you know, it's like, yep. I like to interact with people online. I think it's fun. I like hearing people's opinions. I like sharing things. But I've also come to understand why a lot of people in the public space, people on TV shows and such, do not talk to people online and why they don't respond to comments or direct messages and stuff like that. And a lot of people are always like, gosh, those, those actors or those TV hosts or whatever, they're so arrogant. They're such assholes. They don't talk to anyone. And the truth is, no, all they're doing is they're protecting themselves. Because for every 50 people that are like, I love you. You're so amazing you're going to get the person who's like, I hate you. You're stupid. Why would you do this? I watched your show. This is so dumb. Like, and it's, and it becomes so. And that's the light awful. version of that. That's oh, I'm, I'm skipping like the really, really abusive ones. Cause some are just awful or they're unintelligent or they don't know how TV production works or they don't understand who you are as a person at all. And they will just attack one thing. 
And if you try to rationalize with those people and try to reason with them and talk to them, the fact that you even responded makes them more abusive. And they're like, I hate you. And so now I'm like, why, why even expose yourself to that? I think with age, you start to realize that narrowing and not giving people as much access to you is actually healthier. Even as much as I want to talk to you know fans of shows and stuff like that, it actually becomes unhealthy after a while because your mind as a human automatically will go to those comments that are really nasty and destructive. And then you kind of marinate in that no matter how long you've been in this business. It doesn't matter. And, and why? So people just start to shut themselves off and they start to back up and they don't respond to messages anymore and they don't. And that's, it's unfortunate, but you can't say, wow, that person's such an asshole. They're so arrogant. They think they're too good. No, they're just trying to protect themselves. That's it. So remember always anything you put out into the world, there's going to be someone who finds fault with it and is angry with you. So you really, all you can ever source from is your gut and your heart and what feels good to you and what inspires you and what motivates you. I love it. Well, I think the message we're putting out there, and I think what what we both want everyone to walk away with from is follow your passion. Let your weird freak flag fly. Be as authentically you as you possibly can be. Find your voice, find your lens, and put it out there. And I guarantee that people will gravitate more towards your authenticity, whatever it is, even if it's taking apart animal poop, than they ever would if you were just a, another filtered influencer. Love it. Thank you, Kinga. Thank you. Kinga the Queen. Oh, thank you. That's it for today. Tune in next week. Subscribe, review, follow, do the thing. Be authentic, be real, be kind. And remember, we're here to stay. We'll find our way. Thank you for listening. This is my country, my damn country, and it don't mean a thing.